Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. This week... My partner in crime, Spencer Grossinger, is tied up in midterm, so I'm going to be flying solo today. I want to start off this show uh, by wishing condolences uh, to the families of the victims of the Newtown, Connecticut shooting. As a father, this is the most shocking Tragic news that I've heard. Unimaginable to think that anybody could find could could find a way to blemish a touch a hair of the head of a six or seven year old boy or girl. And certainly, in my twenty five years of experience in neurology and the psychology fields. I have loathed to uh, to meet an individual with the degree of evil that was demonstrated by the shooter, and certainly we're not going to grace our airwaves by uh, by giving this person any more uh, publicity. I'd like to devote this initial segment to an entity we call post-traumatic stress disorder, and specifically to deal with the reactions of children and talk about the parents out there who are listening to the show and also to give them some advice on how to deal with the questions that are going to inevitably come up. Firstly, uh, how do children respond to trauma? And very few will avoid noticing the what I think to be appropriate coverage 24-7 by the news media, by President Obama making what I think was his most poignant speech, talking as a human being, talking about how, how can we prevent this, how can we change, and a very uh, very moving speech in Newtown, Connecticut tonight at air. This is, this is Sunday in advance of the airing that you're hearing on Tuesday. And just reading the names of the victims, 
by their first name, as they would be referred to as kids, in a moment of silence after each one. So in the wake of this horrific impact, some children are visibly frightened, agitated, or upset. Other children will be more withdrawn, and they could appear to be very composed. And the concern about this is that the children could repress and, and could basically bury these, these feelings deep inside of them. And one has to watch out for the manifestations of post-traumatic stress in children, in adults for that matter. And what are they? One would be difficulty in concentration. Two, unusual separation anxiety. Not wanting to go to school, having a difficult time separating from their parents. Hypervigilance, just startling at, at any sound, any change in light. Irritability or feelings of guilt. For young children, this may be the first time they've even heard about death or are confronted with the issue of death. And therefore, younger children may behave in ways even more childlike, and we call that regression. When a child or teen basically uh, acts younger than their age, and that's that's a way to really uh, go back in time, you know, go back to the innocence. And older children or teens may become very preoccupied, worried, fearful, and they may develop what we call somatic symptoms. That is, they may develop stomach aches, headaches, or a perception of illness, such as hypochondriac. Woody Allen is an actor who certainly over the years has played the, the ultimate hypochondriac, that is, uh, imagining that he's ill when he's really not. So let's go over the actions that we can do to support children in the direct aftermath of this trauma. And again, this doesn't only apply to those who are in that school in Newtown or those who are touched by the trauma, friends or relatives. This could be somebody across the world. It could be, it could be a kid who just finds himself in front of a TV and watching CNN for five minutes and just looking at the bullet point summaries of what occurred or listening to an interview by an adult breaking down, eulogizing their child, talking about the incredible bravery of the school psychologist, the principal, and the six courageous women, the adult women who lost their lives in this terrible massacre. So number one, you want to promote a sense of safety. You want to make sure the children feel as comfortable as possible and to reassure them that they are safe. The issue then goes to what can schools do across the country to promote that feeling of safety? Well, one thought, and certainly spent a lot of time researching it, thinking about it, and interacting with peers over the last few days. I'd like to refer you, uh, you're on your computer, 
If you want to read, uh, do a Google search on National Child Traumatic Stress Network. There's a lot of useful uh, articles, short videos, and uh, the checklist I'm going through, which could certainly help the children. And, and I'd like to reference this. This is not original work by me, but instead work by a consortium of experts who uh, who deal with the uh, the after effects of ch- in children following mass trauma. So one, promote a sense of safety. Make sure they feel comfortable. Number two, promote calming. That is, help them learn how to how to breathe, to be aware of their body and surroundings, and how to relax. The third is promote a sense of self and community effectiveness. Let the children know that they're not only supported by their family, their initial family, but their extended family members, and also their community. And really there's a role that falls on the, on the teachers in their school to help the children be able to take control of their lives, to end a feeling of helplessness, and to help them start making decisions on their own. Another is to promote connectedness, and that's social support. And the families have to care for and trust, and they have to to satisfy their emotional and physical needs and practically support them. And number five is to instill hope. Most people, children and adults, will bounce back from trauma, and eventually they'll recover. But when we promote installation of hope in the future, talk about the future being brighter, and again, going through these five principles, that's the best thing we can do as parents, and when necessary, to involve mental health professionals. By that I mean psychiatrists, psychologists, guidance counselors, teachers, mentors, as well as providing these this type of assistance to those who are first responders in your community who are going to be anticipating such a horrific situation. In the next segment, I'm going to offer a few suggestions of how you can Talk about the shooting with your children, who obviously, for the most part, are are remote from the state of Connecticut. And I'd like to share that with you in in the next segment. So I I want to thank all of those who are tuning in. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a clinical neurologist, pain practitioner, and sports doctor. And my practice is focused in the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas. And I deal with a lot of emotional support. A lot of people I deal with are in pain. And this is one of those times where hopefully we can uh, share that information with you. Because it's a time when our our whole nation, whole world has been rocked by what I think to be an unthinkable tragedy. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in three minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a practicing neurologist in the Philadelphia area. And our agenda for today is much different than shows in the past. If you've been kind enough to listen, you usually hear... Um, pretty upbeat, at times frenetic commentary, you know, dealing with the NFL, the the analysis of the games, as well as dealing with sports injuries. We've had a lot of uh, different interviews in the past, but today, everything's preempted by the uh, after effects of the, uh, the mass shooting in Newtown, Connecticut that occurred past Friday morning. In 9.30 a.m. In the calm, peaceful town of Newtown, Connecticut. The calm was broken. By gunfire. Perpetrated. In a way that left. Six adults. And 20 children dead. And just. Following and, and grieving with the the surviving members of the family, trying to piece together psychological profile, clues, what could have been done differently, and the appropriate intense media coverage of these events. We led off today talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. I gave you five essential actions in supporting your children through 
this horrific aftermath. And I also want to talk about the types of discussions you may have or other types of ways that you can shield the young children from hearing about this for now. You know, when you go to a movie, there's certain ratings, you know, R-rated movies or shouldn't be viewed by uh, teens under the age of 17. The contact matter is just too troubling. It's just too violent, too advanced. And likewise, children deserve not to be exposed to hearing about six- and seven-year-old kids being gunned down. And the first bit of advice in general is to limit children's media exposure and to answer their questions in in an open and honest manner. Now, we as adults see the story repeating over and over again, but in the mind of a child, that when they see repeated coverage... It's very understandable that children may view that there's a continuous series of shootings, that this is not just one event, but a series, almost like if we go back to 9-11, how there were a series of hijacking of planes, and it was one after another, a sequence. It was one one World Trade Center building falling, and then another, so... You have to realize the potential effects of grief and fear on the children who are watching this over and over again, thinking this is happening all over the country, and there's a wave of shootings, and imagine the fear, the hysteria. And uh, again, I'd like to reference citations, and here the National Association for School Psychologists has a very nice brochure You could certainly uh, do a search on this and you could print out the brochure and you could share it with, you know, your spouses, other adult family members. And this will also provide some guidance for how to deal with the effects of post-traumatic stress. This could last for days, weeks, months, and sometimes years. And it's very important if your uh, if your relative is is locked into this problem, that they appropriately seek the help of of mental uh, mental health practitioners, professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors, social workers, guidance counselors. We all have to band together. This is a multidisciplinary approach to treating the short and long term effects of post-traumatic stress disorder. So the first signs of post-traumatic stress disorder would be shock and horror. It would be nightmares, tearfulness, crying, and regression. So turn the television off, but answer your children's questions. Answer them as directly as possible, but most importantly, be supportive, 
talk about hope, mention that the situation hasn't happened to any schools that, that you or your spouse attended. Didn't it, it didn't occur in your area. It's unusual. And be aware of the signs. Some children may actually shut down. They may not want to be hugged. It's a normal response. Some children will be overly clingy, and some will withdraw. They may experience nightmares, or they may develop a numbness, a detachment. So these signs must be recognized and treated. And regrettably, over the last few years, there's been a series of these terroristic events. Gabby, you know, beginning in Columbine, Gabby Giffords, the shooting at Virginia Tech University. Most recently, the mall killing in the northwestern part of our country, where somebody uh, was dressed in a Halloween-type costume, and thankfully and, and, and amazingly, only two people were killed in that event. This is the second de- deadliest school shooting in the history of our country, and naturally has evoked the news coverage and reactions and what I think to be appropriate discussion about measures to avoid this happening in the future. One of the most poignant photos which we will always think about when visiting this horrible tragedy is the picture of the teacher Connecticut State Police leaving a line of children out some crying some with their eyes closed holding on and emerging safely from the Sandy Hook Elementary School and you can only imagine what that would look like in the eyes of a child who when they see that line of kids pictures themselves right in that line and the after effects. And again, to reiterate, one does not have to be in the, in the exact area of, of, the, of the trauma. One could be affected remotely from the vivid depictions on television, the coverage by the various news outlets. And this prompts discussions by parents and naturally... I think appropriately fuels a national discussion about what we could do to ensure the safety of our citizens. And uh, without going into an editorial, I believe that, uh, well, I guess I am going to start to do that. We need to, uh, you know, we, we need to curtail the distribution of guns. Gun shows where there, there's no, little or no credentialing, and uh, the Second Amendment, Second Amendment, which uh, allows us to bear arms, is something that uh, the Cubs saw us from the revolutionary, you know, the 1700s, 
And I, I think, when is the tipping point? And perhaps this is the tipping point where all of us, conservatives and liberals alike, stop playing politics and we get tough on those who, uh, who stockpile guns. It's finally time to ban assault rifles, semi-automatic weapons. There's no need for that. And uh, listening to people from the NRA, you know, try to support uh, the reason for, for automatic weapons is just ludicrous. And, and it's, it's time for us as citizens to, uh, to put an end to it and to not feel helpless and to, uh, to move forward. And it's time that the uh, safety of the basses uh, takes priority over those peculiar people who, uh, in my view, want to stockpile and collect guns. And, and you know, it, it just um, reading about the mother of the shooter stockpiling six weapons, brandishing the, the, the long rifle, and uh, the mother dying at the hands of her guns with a deranged son. Just in my view, speaks for the necessity for us all to band together and take action. Please stay tuned. We're going to get into some sports medicine topics in our last two segments. And I really appreciate everybody tuning in. On behalf of myself and my son Spencer, again, thanks to the Voice America Sports Network for giving us this platform, for allowing us to be able to speak about medicine, and in this case, psychological trauma, and to counsel about how we as parents can help ease the grieving of post-traumatic stress disorder, and how we can discuss these topics with our, with our children. We'll be back in three minutes. School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're dealing with a very important area now, which will be... Injuries to the low back. This could relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us for consultation. 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with the types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs. Okay, and they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the Latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur, which presses into a nerve root in the spine, Or, alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion and extension force to the spine, that could actually tear or partially tear the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So, we've talked about different injuries. What? Disc injury. That's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called median branches. And what happens is, 
There's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have tenderness overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, he did not herniate a disc, but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back. In the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, it's separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral, and when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superior iliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. Or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome. How does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the Latin word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such where you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test, wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg. And also something called a Lasagne's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even gentle manipulation, either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropain specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, and there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one. Disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, they herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation, that is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send him to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 95% or greater, 
we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, rest, stretching, second tier treatment. We do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it. We inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents. We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a 70% chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review. Disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and these problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope, so we have actual pictures of the needle, we can see where the medicine is going, and we can follow that up and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist, it's an acceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels, I landed on my back. And when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain. Soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically in four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a Medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days, gentle physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated, they get a careful exam by a neurologist, we find they need MRIs, and it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three. Lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries, that's one category, lumbar facet injuries, and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through Nerveland, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
I thank you so much for listening. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We were talking about migraine headaches before and other headaches, and now let's talk about treatment. There's two types of treatment we do in the field of neurology. Firstly, it's called abortive treatment, which means we prescribe a medicine that will take away the headache. And secondly, for patients who have an unacceptable amount of headaches, we could use preventative medicine, which is called prophylactic treatment. There's a class of medicines called triptans. And what they do is these medicines stimulate the serotonin S2 receptor. And by doing that, they help people who are experiencing migraine headaches. There's a bunch of different names of them. The first one that came on the market several years ago was called Imitrex, otherwise known as Sumatriptan. There's several other ones. There's a drug called Relpax. It's also quite good. It's fast-acting, low side effect profile. There's also Maxalt, which comes in pills, and also a sublingual delivery where a patient basically puts the pill under their tongue and it dissolves. There's a new class of medicine, which is called Cambia, 
which is a dissolvable diclofenac, and it tastes like mint. You basically feel the headache, you open up the pack, and you, you, you throw it into a cup of water and, and drink it down. And it also has a different mechanism than the triptans, but it's, it's quite good for acute migraines. We also use combination analgesics such as Furacet, Motrin, Naproxen, although those medicines are not specific for migraine and are usually less effective than the triptan class of medications. When we talk about medicines to prevent migraines, we could go into a different class, which is called the beta blockers, and the most common drug is called Indorol. Indorol is otherwise known as propanolol, and that drug is very helpful in altering the membrane potential of the brain and preventing migraines from coming. The problem with Indorol is it has certain side effects. It could slow the heart down, and it is absolutely contraindicated. That means cannot be used in patients that have any asthmatic problems or diabetic problems. Also, in your highly trained athletes who use target heart rate as a barometer for exercise, use of Indorol for preventing migraines will actually diminish the target heart rate. And the drug also can be used for cardiac conditions to help optimize the uh, efficiency of the cardiac muscle. But obviously, that's not why we're using it. We're using Indorol to prevent headaches. Side effects of Indorol? Sleepiness is the one we see the most. Other medicines to prevent migraine include Depakote. Depakote is an anticonvulsant medicine, which is called valproic acid. Quite effective, even at low doses of 250 milligrams twice daily. Go up to 500 milligrams twice daily. And this medicine has rare but definite side effects. If you have a patient who tends to gain weight, especially a female, I would stay away from Depakote because weight gain is not something that patients will appreciate as a side effect. There's also rare tremors. So if a patient is started on Depakote and they have hand tremors, little tremors, you should recognize that as a side effect, which is totally reversible. Go ahead and stop the medicine. Another factor is patients that have liver problems, liver dysfunction, hepatitis, abnormal liver function studies. Those people should not be given Depakote because Depakote is highly metabolized by the liver. So as a doctor, we have to look at our choices, look at an individual patient, and find out what medicine will be most useful, most efficacious, and also stay away from medicines that could be potentially harmful such as giving Depakote to a patient with hepatitis, definitely to be avoided. Another very good medicine, very prominent medicine, is called Topiramax or Topamax. This can be prescribed once, twice daily, anywhere from 25 to 150 milligrams, and this medicine is great for preventing migraine headaches. Side effects, there's certain, there's certain rare people who feel that they have some slowing, some cognitive slowing, and there's some data to show that there's a subtle slowing effect, inhibitory effect on cognitive function. But the vast majority of people who take Topamax tolerate it well, 
function well, and note a reduction in their migraine headaches. How do we treat muscle contraction headaches? Well, we use muscle relaxers, and a bunch of them include Xanaflex, uh, Soma, Flexeril. We also use combination analgesics, such as Furacet, Estric Plus. And the one thing you have to watch out about is when people have headaches almost every day, and they're literally taking pills every day, one could develop what they call an analgesic rebound headache. That is, the body, the brain, tends to upregulate the receptors, and the people could have ongoing headaches, which are just due to medication abuse or overuse. And that's a tough situation because we have to gradually cut down their abortive medicines and usually move towards prophylactic medicines. Finally, there's a class of drugs called the tricyclic antidepressants, for which amitriptyline, nortriptyline are in the class. They're also used to prevent and reduce the number of migraine headaches. Another good side effect is they also treat depression secondarily. So if you have somebody with depression and migraines, you could use a tricyclic antidepressant. And many of these are generic and inexpensive, such as abitriptyline, nortriptyline, and are quite useful with respect to preventing headaches. When the patients come in, we ask them to show us their headache diary. That means, when did the headache start? When did it stop? Describe the character of the headache. What medications did you take? Is there any foods or any activities that promote or provoke the onset of, of headaches? So when we see them, we review the headache diaries. We take a look at the medicines and see if we're really impacting on their disease. Are we really helping them or not? Are the side effects worth the positive effects from medicines? And the good news is that most Headaches are benign, 99%. And most patients who come under the care of a good neurologist will see some benefit by virtue of reduction in headaches, reduction in frequency, uh, lost time of work will be diminished. So any of you who are within sound of our voice, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, we have a full staff at a full headache center here in Ridley Park, Pennsylvania, and also a full staff in Wilmington, Delaware, and we can treat your headaches. So I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. You'll want to call us in Pennsylvania at 610-521-6063 or in Delaware, 302-636-0920. And as for Dr. Bruce Grossinger, tell him you heard this segment on headaches and you feel like you could do better than you are. And again, we take all, everybody, including the Delaware Physicians Care, essentially the Medicaid patients, Medicare, HMO, you name it. Our belief is if you have a problem, you deserve to see a doctor, and we'll be happy to see you. Well, we actually have a live patient. Her name's Madeline, and uh, she suffers from migraines. So, Madeline, uh, how long have you suffered? How old are you? I'm 24. How long have you suffered from migraines? Over five years. Okay. Uh, briefly, what, what, tell us what a migraine is like for you. Migraine is an excruciating pain where I can't even be any, around any light 
or sound or any sense of any kind of smell at all. It makes me nauseous. It's awful. So uh, you're treating here at Gross Gordura Paid Specialist. I understand that you were prescribed and received Cambia, which is one of the medicines that we uh, mentioned. Certainly, we uh, want to mention that we received no undue uh, advertising dollars from Cambia. It just happens to be a new product that has a different mechanism. What it is, it's dissolving diclofenac. And also, it was found that you had an occipital trigger. That is, many people with migraines have their nerves in the back of their head. They become swollen, engorged, and tender. And they're amenable to what we call trigger point injections of the occipital nerves. So it's very convenient for us because we're going on air today that Madeline can tell us about, firstly, the injections, and secondly, the response to the medicine she received here at Gross Gordora Paint. Well, when I got the injection, it instantly took away the neck, the throbbing in my neck. It was the most craziest thing I've ever felt ever for a migraine to go away that fast. And I had a little bit of throbbing in my temples still, but they gave me Cambia. I dissolved that in a small amount of water. Taste wasn't that great, but it took the rest of my headache away completely. I have, I'm going to have a great day now. I thought I was going to have an awful day, and now I'm ready to roll. So there it is, Uh, another satisfied customer. Madeline, um, as I said, is a great lady. There's so many of you out there at Radio Land in our listening audience across the great U.S. of A. who suffer from migraine headaches. And a lot of times you watch the commercials, you're taking the the, whatever it is, the, the flavor of the month, whether it's Tylenol or aspirin, just because it has migraine in the name doesn't mean it works specifically for migraine. That's a marketing ploy. So if you've got a real problem, you need to see a real doctor. And if you're within the sound of our voice, if you could drive to us, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. We love helping people. The show is, is designed to promote awareness with respect to health and sports injuries. But because headaches are so common and pervasive, we felt it was worth devoting a segment to headaches. So again, we want to thank Madeline for her contribution to the show. We want to thank all the listeners for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc across the Voice America Network. We want to thank Mr. Ray Ellis, who's our esteemed sports director. And most importantly, the man who makes it all possible, Mr. Michael Mitchell, our director of production, who's kind enough to receive our, uh, our segments oftentimes at the last moment like this one where we had an opportunity to get a real live migraine patient. And uh, we appreciate all the great work that's done at Voice America. We hope you guys are enjoying us, whether you're listening to us on air, 5 to 6 Eastern, or whether you're just lagging on to Bruce the Sports Doc for podcasts. Thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with a new show. This is Dr. Bruce Grossinger signing off. Remember, play it safe. It don't come in second place. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.